and that lets you save the look here. True form life. Green look on Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. All right, welcome to nationally syndicated Exploring Mind and Body. My name is Drew Tadia, and I'll be hosting you today, as you heard in our lovely introduction there. I want to thank you for being here, being a part of our True Form Life community, whether this is the first time you're listening or if you're a regular listener. Those of our regular listeners know we don't usually talk about drugs or pharmaceuticals. I did have the opportunity to talk to Dr. Mandel today, and I thought it's an interesting topic to share. And a lot of times there's different issues going on and around our lives that we're really not sure about. We're not sure how to cure or how to treat or how to prevent. As a holistic show, we talk about preventing on a regular basis. I did have the opportunity to interview Rick Moore recently and previously who lost his daughter to suicide. And again, I thought this was an interesting subject and worth sharing because there are other options out there. And Dr. Mandel is going to talk about them. And I, I, I thought it was something that was worth sharing and something that's certainly interesting. I, I would say it's a, a growing issue in today's day and age with depression and suicide. Now, Dr. Mandel is going to talk about ketamine infusion therapy. And from his opinion, this is the best way to treat those with anxiety and depression, de depression in particular. Now, Dr. Mandel, he's been on The Doctors. Most of us seen The Doctors in some way, the, <laughs> the show on TV, PBS Studios. There's a clip on their website as, as well, which we're going to direct you to on the site, On the sorry, within the show. He's been featured in Wired Magazine, Anesthesiology News, always a tough word for me to say. <laughs> but Dr. Mandel's doing a lot of, of good things in the industry. And I th again, I thought it was an interesting subject, something that we don't usually talk about. But if there are issues in your life, if nutrition, food, exercise, counseling, again, as we talk, going to talk about in the show here, if that's not working for you, maybe there's a different option. Maybe ending your life or someone in your in your family or, or close family or friends, close relationship, maybe there's another option. And, and I hope that in this show here, you, you can see that there are different options and there are other ways. And there's really no turning back from suicide. And I think that if we entertain different ways and find every possible way to, to change that, I think we're doing a good thing for ourselves and, and for our health, for our lives. So I hope, you, I hope you enjoy this topic. I hope you understand it's just a different angle that we'd like to shine some light on. And again, that there are other options. So I very much enjoyed this interview with Dr. Mandel. I appreciate his time in coming on the show. And I hope you get something out of it as well. So sit back and enjoy. We get all that coming up on... This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. Okay, Dr. Mandel, tell me about yourself a bit and how you got into this therapy. Like, why did you start using this and how did you, how'd you find it? What were you doing before you got into it? Well, I made a huge transition. Maybe like you were in baseball and then all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but you got into wellness in a big way. Uh, I was, uh, I am an anesthesiologist. I went to graduate school in clinical psychology for four years. I was going to be a clinical psychologist. 
and I got my master's degree. I got all of my stuff toward my PhD. Uh, and then I had the opportunity to go to medical school. I went to medical school. I got fascinated by anesthesia, became an anesthesiologist, did that for many years, three decades actually, plus. And, um, but I continued my interest in, in psychology and especially in mood disorders, both because I have an intellectual interest and because I have some experience in my own family with depression. Tell me more about this ketamine infusion therapy. The, the broad outlines are, this is an anesthetic drug that in recent years has been discovered to be an amazing mood elevator and an amazing reverser of suicidal thinking. So it's the world's most widely used anesthetic. It's been used for that purpose since the 70s. Only in this century has it become used as a mood elevator and an anti-suicidal drug. There's a tremendous pressure against its use from the pharmaceutical industry because they don't own it or control it. They don't profit much from it. However, it's much better. When I say better, I mean quicker with less risk of side effects and uh, actually works in many more patients than the conventional treatments. It's wonderful and it, it, despite a lot of opposition, it's really sweeping the nation and in fact the world, although there are still a lot of places where people cannot receive this therapy. Uh, some of, this, some of the things people say about it is it, it's addictive, it's not addictive. They say we don't have long-term studies. This stuff has been around since 1970. The earliest antidepressant came out in 87. We know more about this drug than we do about any of the more conventional ones. Why do you think depression and anxiety seems like it's a growing issue in today's day and age? It is a growing issue. And part of the problem, I think, is that we're becoming, part of the reason we think it's growing is because we're much more tuned into it. But I think even allowing for that, it actually is more frequent. It's happening more often. And I believe part of the reason is that we're living in a more isolated way today. And I'm not going to blame anything because I think our new tools are just tools. But as tools, they amplify our own tendencies. Uh, and I think that the advent of the smartphone really correlates highly with increased feelings of anime and increased feelings of depression and increased rumination about suicide. We have much the, the adhesive ties that bind the, the the sticky stuff that connects us to one another. It's gotten a little thinned out. So you think that we spend less time communicating with one another and more time spending, spending time on technology like a phone that really increases our depression right then, decreases? Yes, I do think that. There is some, some good studies that provide evidence for that as well. It's not just an opinion. Okay, so I interrupted you there when you were t talking about how you are an anesthesiologist. That's a tough word for me. Anesthesiologist. Yeah. <laughs> and, then you, and then you moved on to, well, is this, is this specifically what you do? Or is there other areas of therapy? Or just is this specific? This is all you do? This is all I do. 
I do ketamine infusions for depression, for suicidality, and also as a separate related thing for chronic pain, five days a week, 50 week, 51, 52 weeks a year. No kidding. I started planning to do this in, I guess, the winter of 13. I've been doing it full time, nonstop since uh, March of 14. And so, well, tell us exactly what it is. This is, it's called infusion therapy. What is infusion therapy? Very good question. Uh, we use the drug ketamine, which is an anesthetic, via an infusion, which is a gradual uh, introduction of the drug into the vein over a period of time. And that's very different than using it and what uh, technically we call a bolus where you just push it in this is um, given gradually over a period of time has a very different therapeutic effect than giving it the same drug the same amount all at once so you're infusing it so you're slowly releasing this into the bloodstream good yes exactly that okay yeah and then in other situations or other types of drugs or therapy, this would be put in, like they would put in drugs in a short amount of time to? When, when ketamine is used as an anesthetic, which is what it was originally approved for and which is still the most widely used anesthetic in the world, it's given as a push or bolus. You put a certain amount of ketamine and you push it into the vein and it has an effect. But it's not a mood elevating or anti-suicide effect. It's a chemical going to sleep effect. It's used to start anesthetics. It's short acting. So when people are put to sleep with ketamine, they're kept asleep with other agents. But it's the start of surgery in most of the world most of the time. Yeah. So but usually when you're put to sleep, you're using ketamine. Well, in the United States, it's mostly a drug called propofol. But ketamine is used more widely in the world. It's cheaper and safer. Okay, and then you were saying earlier that the pharmaceutical companies don't love it because they're not able to make any money off it? Nicely summarized. <laughs> they, also, they also have their bets on other horses. The pharmaceutical agents have, the pharmaceutical companies make a, a class of drugs called antidepressants. And those antidepressants include SSRIs, such as Prozac. They include SNRIs, those are... Um, norepinephrine. There are four neurotransmitters. There are many more. There are four classes. One of them is dopamine, one of them is serotonin, and it's the serotoninergic uh, system that most of their drugs target. Another neurotransmitter is called glutamate, and ketamine targets the glutamatergic system. That's the dominant system, but none of the other antidepressants made by uh, made by the pharmaceutical houses, target the glutamatergic system. And that's something important to improve our, our mood? Yes. Ketamine's been used as an anesthetic for years and years and years, but it was only discovered for this purpose when it was used as an anesthetic in guys coming back from war in the late 90s and early 2000s. And they would have ketamine for their anesthesia. And then some smart guy, who unfortunately we don't know who it was, and it wasn't probably one person, realized when they were going around checking on these guys after their surgeries, not only was their anesthetic effective, but the guys with PTSD were more relaxed. They were less anxious. 
they weren't co reporting such such startle responses, such bad dreams. They didn't have to sit with their back to the wall facing the door all the time. And they started maybe cracking a joke or two, maybe listening more closely to their mates. And somebody said, hey, what the hell? This is, how did this happen? They finally put it together and they said, well, you know, it couldn't be the ketamine, but let's try it. Let's do a study. And they did a study and the ketamine really is an amazing mood elevator. And this is among guys who had had every kind of possible mood elevator known to man without benefit. But the ketamine lifted their mood and it did it quickly and safely and for fair, fair duration. That's, this is how we learned to use ketamine for mood. And so this is happening in the early 90s? No, in the very late 90s and early 2000s. Okay, late 90s. And then so people that probably disagree with this type of treatment they say that there's no long-term research or we don't know the long-term effects is that correct correct yes and then and what do you say if i show you a long-term effects after three months you say yeah but how about six months if i show you six months well you know but really don't, we don't know what's going to happen after a year so i do a study and i show you about a year I say well but steve how about five years now all the drugs they're advocating came out way after ketamine, and they're used in much less quantity. Ketamine is the world's most prominent anesthetic. It's used all over the world, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of times every year. The SSRIs, the first one came out in uh, 87. Ketamine came out in 70. So turn the question around. We never know what the ultimate long-term effect of anything is, but we have much more experience over a much longer period of time with this drug than we do with the drugs that they tout. Okay, so the drugs that they're using now is they have they've been out for a less time. They've been using them for uh, not not quite as long, or sorry, much less long, much much less of a time than they are than they are using ketamine. And they find they found better results through what you're talking about here. Their drugs do not produce as good an effect. First of all, most of their drugs take six to eight weeks to work. And you don't know if they're going to work until six to eight weeks. They only work maybe two thirds of the time. And over time, half of those patients cease to have a benefit. So if you start with 100 people, maybe 65 or 66 of them will benefit. And of those, 32 or three will be continuing to benefit after about a year, okay? You take ketamine, uh, in the literature it says 71 out of those 100 will benefit. In my clinic, it's 83. And I'll get to that later if you want, but my results here at Ketamine Clinics of Los Angeles are way better than the literature. And I know why, and I can tell you why, and I tell everybody why, because I wish they would do it my way, because they'll get better results. And s many people are switching, but it's a slow process. People are kind of attached to the way they do things. Sometimes a show once a week or even twice a week just isn't enough. 
So if you want more content, if you want to know more about what we're doing at True Form Life, you can find us on Facebook. We're on there posting at least twice a day in the morning and the evening. That's at facebook.com slash trueformlife. We're on Instagram. That's kind of my favorite platform. I like to post my food pictures and some of the activities that I do, maybe hiking or whatever that may be. And that's just at Drew Tadia on Instagram and then Twitter as well. That's at True Form Life. So we're highly active. We'd love to connect with you. So find us on your social media platform and let us know how you're enjoying our show. Okay, so is this a long-term solution? If someone goes through this ketamine infusion therapy, are they able to see results afterwards or for, for days, months, years after, or do they have to continue to use it? No, this is unlike other other agents where you've got to take a pill every day. We do a series of six infusions over two weeks, sometimes over a little bit longer. And typically a patient gets three to four months relief. And just as in your work in wellness and in, in health for using other professionals and other modalities, there is no one answer. One has to use a whole bunch of tools. In our program, we give ketamine infusions for depression and suicidality, but we also really emphasize sleep and sleep hygiene, nutrition, exercise, a good interpersonal relationship with a peer, and talking therapy, particularly CBT and DBT. And none of these things will sustain the benefit like all of them. Right. As many of them as you can incorporate into your lifestyle, that's how much mileage you will get. We have people who've had ketamine infusions and are out a year and a half and not needing anything. And we have people who, who, who need a booster after 10 weeks. And, and we, we have no way to predict, but we can tell you this. If you will incorporate these other modalities into your lifestyle, you will get more mileage. So for you guys, I get... As a doctor, I think, I don't know if this is going to be a difficult question for you, but doctors and pharmaceutical companies usually go hand in hand for you to do something that doesn't maybe not agree with the pharmaceuticals or maybe doesn't go hand in hand there. How does that affect what you do or, or the service that you provide? It's a little like being on a tightrope without much of a net because... Other physicians are a little dubious, although that's changing rapidly because the results are so good and so hard to argue with because there, there aren't any negative side effects. And the other drugs very frequently produce obesity, very frequently produce impotence, very frequently produce loss of libido, very frequently produce a feeling of, yeah, I'm not depressed, but I feel like a zombie. I can't stand it. I feel locked into a box. But, you know, I'm not so depressed. But in other words, the lows have been cut off, but the highs have been really reduced too. This drug actually restores the ability to experience pleasure. It's amazing. Anyone, given virtually anyone who's had the experience of both, much prefers this. It's hard for pharmaceutical companies to argue with that. As more and more studies come out, it's, it's clear this is superior. In fact, so much so that Janssen Pharmaceuticals is in their final stages of getting an approval for a ketamine isomer that they've patented 
and they expect to sell at a price that makes their studies worthwhile. Now, how they will do that without also acknowledging that ketamine is great for depression and suicidality, I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll find out when it comes. Soon, because they wanted, they hope to introduce it late this year. So being in, do you think people are more open because you're in California or is this growing around the world as well? People are more open around the world. There's a really big conference on ketamine therapy for depression in uh, England this month. And, um, but it's very, very variable, Drew. There are people who, um, I have patients coming from Australia. I have patients coming from New Zealand. Now, it's very flattering and it's wonderful and I'm happy to take care of them. But it's tragic that they should have to travel literally halfway around the world mm. to get treatment. They cannot get treatment at home. That's crazy. And why, do you, and why is that? Is it just because it's too new right now or because... It's, it's illegal. It's illegal to give it via a needle there, yes. You so can give it orally. And the effects aren't as potent or effective without, without the needle? Nowhere near. Nowhere near. The, some people are trying to treat patients with nasal. Some people are trying to tr treat patients with syrups. Some people are trying to treat patients with sublingual lozenges. Some people are actually using skin patches. None of these things work. None of these things have any evidence of efficacy. Some people are giving ketamine with a needle, but giving it in the muscle because it saves them having to start an IV. Patients don't like IVs particularly, and although we use a technique that's very, very non-invasive or non, doesn't produce much discomfort, uh, many practitioners are not comfortable starting IVs, so they give it in a muscle. Well, it doesn't work in a muscle, or it doesn't work nearly so well. All the studies, and there are now lots and lots and lots of studies with positive findings, this is not... This is not, this guy thinks it's great, and who the hell is he? This is hundreds of studies all around the world prove ketamine's efficacy. Virtually every single one of them uses IV ketamine, not the other routes of administration. And then you mentioned some of the other antidepressant types of drugs that they re they're using in, with side effects. Is there any side effects to ketamine therapy? There are no long-term adverse side effects to ketamine therapy when used therapeutically. Ketamine is also used uh, recreationally, or if you will, in an abusive fashion. There are some users who do experience very adverse side effects, but they usually are using about 10 times or 15 times what I give, six times. They're using it every day for years. Okay. And about 15 to 20% of those do have Adverse side effect. So it's but just like, like, it's, like it's like anything that you abuse that's good for you. If you know that could be good for you, like if it's abused, it's sooner or later it's not going to be. It's not going to be good for you. It's going to hurt yourself. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. You mentioned briefly there that in they're having a big conference in Europe over there. It seems like Europe. Does it seem like Europe is ahead of the curve in a lot of areas when it comes to medical or health? I think Europe is is um, less rigid in some ways. But the use of psychoactive substances to promote better mental health, I think, is actually very prominent here. 
we were really the world leaders, we meaning the United States, were the world leaders in this until actually the Nixon administration declared in 73 the war on drugs. And they took many of these drugs, and I say many of these drugs, uh, very loosely. There are other psychoactive drugs. Some of them probably will be extremely helpful in promoting mental health, but we don't have any experience with them. You, you mentioned long-term side effects uh, or long-term effects before. We know ketamine. Ketamine's been used clinically since 1970. Psilocybin, LSD, MDMA, GHB, these are all really promising agents. Some of them have actually been demonstrated to be extremely effective in promoting better mental health, higher mood, less suicidality. But they've all been made, they've been locked away literally since 73. They've been made what in the United States is called Schedule One substances. It's illegal to give Schedule One substances. It's illegal to synthesize them. There is no stuff. It's unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> so they may up, they may be promising, and I am I'm really hopeful about them. But they're not in the same category with ketamine. Ketamine would have had the same fate, by the way, except it was so good as an anesthetic. And in we were in the in the final stages of the Vietnam War at that time. And ketamine was an amazing drug because in less than anesthetic doses, it's analgesic. So you could give a wounded guy some in the muscle and he would have enough easing of pain but still be conscious and still have good respiration and good blood pressure that he could assist in his own evacuation. He could stagger across the field. You didn't have to carry him. You had to support him and get on the chopper. And there are thousands of guys alive because the ketamine gave them enough freedom from pain that they could assist in their own evacuation. So ketamine didn't get banned and locked away when all of these other substances got fell, fell victim to the war on drugs. So, um, Dr. Mandel here, just before we wrap things up, I want to give you a chance to talk about your clinic more specifically in case any of our listeners are in or around the area or feel the need to come in and see you and, and get some benefits from, out, from this ketamine infusion therapy. Ketamine Clinics of Los Angeles is on Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles. Our, uh, we have a website, ketamineclinics.com. We have a phone number, 310-270-0625. And when they're in the neighborhood, we have people from Australia, New Zealand, Thailand, Spain. So whenever you're in the neighborhood, now I was unique and virtually alone. There were re really just a handful of people doing this five years ago. Now there are a lot of people, so you don't have to make the journey that far. But we're about the only place that's doing it well with pumps, and we're the only place really demonstrating an 83% success rate. Most clinics having a 71% success rate. So ketamineclinics.com, 310-270-0625. We'll give you some relief, especially if you know someone who is thinking of harming themselves. Don't wait. This works really fast and really reliably. All right, Dr. Mandel, thank you so much for your time, your expertise, and for shining some light on this 
this topic here. We haven't had anything like this on the show before, but it's very interesting and I'm looking forward to sharing with our audience. I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Uh, this is such an important, depression is the leading cause of disability in this country and among the leading causes on earth. And it's growing as you pointed out. It can be fixed. You don't have to suffer. All right, so that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and sticking around till the end. Again, thanks to Dr. Mandel for coming on and shining some light on the subject for us. Again, a different topic, a different side of things. And I think it's worth at least listening to or considering, especially if there's someone in your life that's dealing with depression or, or maybe that you're depression, dealing with depression and you're looking for different options. Sometimes we try nutrition. Sometimes we try fitness and it really isn't really doing the job that we're hoping it would do. And I think, again, I just wanted to share some insights on that there are different options and hopefully this is a, a healthier one that we can recommend to our listeners here and to you as well, whether it's yourself or your family that may be tuning into the show. Um, just before we let you go here, I want to let you know about our 10-day fitness challenge. It's absolutely free. Head over to trueformlife.com slash Drew Approved 10-Day Challenge. This is, this is where we're going to send you free workouts each day for 10 days. Brand new workouts, body weight only. So all you have to do is subscribe. Basically, you get a brand new workout popped into your email box every morning for 10 days. little challenge we put together and have seen some very impressive results. All these past shows are going up on exploringmindandbody.com. And we have a free app you can download on any Apple device. So you can download the show with it. Excuse me. So you can download the show and take it with you wherever you go. Once again, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to leave you with that. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.